say you are a beloved participant. Uh, you've been, I mean, your accolades are amazing. A, an author of five books, you've been on Oprah list. You've basically redefined what it is in terms of body image and uh, executive leadership coaching, like the, all of it. Who, like, you're a powerhouse. Thanks for being on the podcast. Good to meet you. Well, I'm I'm really delighted to meet you, John. Really, um, I I love what you and your wife have put together, and um, it's been quite a lovely journey to take your coach training edu classes. Um, so thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. You know, it's one of the things I was telling Amois like that. I think one of the huge benefits that we have, you know, working together and creating all of this is that even late at night when we're talking, we're still talking coaching, we're still talking business and it's useful. And I was just saying like how, like how special that is that we get to, you know, we get to have this relationship where we work well personally as well as professionally. And then it shows, I mean, just, I love this work. Uh, oh, I do. I'm learning that I am as well loving it. And I didn't expect that I was going to love coaching the way that I actually do love coaching. So I appreciate uh, having the kind of teachers that are um, a part of the classes that I'm taking and their interest and their passion is so reflected. No one's bored at all, you know, Um, they're engaged and there's some important work that's being done. I had no clue, John. (laughs) Right, I I mean, I guess excited with you. come to coaching I think oh my goodness the journey is there for you like it's almost like it's like a, a personal development amusement park that you get to go to right and that's true finds it's it. so true right I had no idea that I was going to be coached so much right right and that's part of the design because most people come to coach training without being coached they just say, oh I want to be a coach and that's common you know you just get into it and that kind of thing yeah uh, but when you really start to dive into it, I find the internal journey is, I mean, you can only go, you can, it's work that only you can do. Like no one can do this work for you. Oh yeah, seriously. And I think that the way you designed it, uh, you and your wife and Moise have uh, designed it. Um, and I want to back up and I do want to say yeah. one of the reasons why I signed up with you guys, because there was a lot of other choices to have and other uh, conversations that I was having. But let me just say this is that the way that you've designed it really gives us a, a, a tangible um, interaction with ourselves. And when we see that we have all the answers as the coaches, that gives me the confidence to, even though when I think I'm clueless, like I'm totally clueless, I am at a wit's end and not know where to turn, when I'm given the breath, when I'm given the silence, when I'm given the space and held with such respect by the other coach that I'm working with, man, a whole new world opens up. And then you you can apply that to everyone, everyone. So I love what you say is to coach your, uh, trust yourself, trust the client, and then trust the process. And that's the truth. That's the bomb.com. <laughs> it's uh. <laughs> Totally. totally. I mean, even this morning I was uh, doing research. I mean, I was, I was reading the study on gratitude and, you know, with, with, uh, you know, Jennifer who's on staff and we're geeking out on this. We're both reading this, you know, geek out on that. That's good stuff to geek out on. (laughs) This eight page, they're talking about like six different models of gratitude and the impact on, on all these different relationships, like, you know, internal stuff like this. 
uh, the thing that struck out to me was how much like how much we nerd out on this. Like mm -hmm. it's the whole it's like a whole new field that you can like positive psychology has opened up this whole new like space. And yeah. you were there. I mean, you in in terms of the fashion industry, modeling industry, you were so, you were some of the you you did some groundbreaking work. What was that like for you to do that groundbreaking work? And this is decades of right. It's actually yeah, a couple decades. Of decades ago. Um, right. No one was really talking about inclusive beauty. I came to the table being a reporter, so I was an affiliate, an NBC affiliate reporter. I knew that being on the Daily News uh, was not my gig because it was just. I wasn't made out to be uh, calloused and, and with the emotions. And, and it's not saying that my compadres are calloused, but I, I could, I just saw the writing on the wall that I loved TV. I loved the, the medium and the vehicle of TV. However, reporting on deaths and, and children needing to jump out of burning homes and getting the report, I just said, that's just not for me. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's just an interesting, journey that when I fell, literally fell into the full-figured modeling end of the business, I had no clue that there was even, I, I wasn't interested in modeling at all. But when, when I realized that there was this division and I was already, you know, an athlete, I was a size 12, 14 already. And I just was like, well, wouldn't that be great to make money on the side? And when I came into the industry, my curiosity, keyword in coaching, my curiosity was piqued because I had always been, you know, myself and my colleagues, my other athletes, we were being applauded, jump higher, go faster. And when we would do it, we'd win medals. So when I walked in and I saw that the photographers and the stylists and, and the editors and all these people looked at women that were above size zero as like pariahs. I was like, there's something going down here and it's interesting. So let me just, I didn't realize I walked into the biggest story of my life. And so with that curiosity and, and I was, I could not stop asking questions um, as a reporter, but also as an individual going, well, why, why is this disparity here? Didn't make any sense. And when I started gaining more and more popularity, and had an, a really wonderful opportunity to speak on a national level for the first time in 94, I, I just opened up a big can of worms that the culture was not yet there saying, oh, peace, love, and granola, I love my body, let's all rock it. Women that were so, so thin were trying to stay so, so thin. And at any cost, women who were medium-sized were just, just not not happy me women that were really thin were not happy me women that were larger that were not happy and then mix in men that was not even talked about so there i was talking away and people were like either loving me or saying get away so i felt like i was the windshield of a very fast moving car where all the bugs were getting stuck on it and i knew that there was some really important work being done and I was going through my own self-discovery about, well, what is my body image? And how do I fit into all this? And the more that I learned and the more that I listened, it felt like there was something brewing. And I kind of disrupted stuff. 
just existing, just existing. Um, So that's basically how that being a first, first one in anybody who's a first one in her, it's tough, but it was so rewarding. And it, look at look at what's going on with yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the women in the younger generations and in, in modeling and, and acting and, you know, the, the, the whole beautiful array, the bouquet of beauty is being uh, displayed. I get goosebumps. I get goosebumps. Even oh, talking. it's real. It's real. It's so cool. It's great. And Very it's important. Cool. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think we all have our, as I, I say this a lot to the younger people, I'm like, when an opportunity knocks on your door um you might feel you might feel that you're not prepared or you know that that you might not be the one but if it's knocking on your door open up that sucker (laughs) trip over the door walk through the door run through the door skip through the door but go through, go towards that opportunity and you'll learn and you'll grow. And, you know, you finally realize here I am at 57 saying every opportunity is our lessons. And that's why we're here. I think that's exactly why we're here. Not to be perfect for God's sake. (laughs) Well, it's it's amazing that you, you, you took something that was so, uh, personal like like your personal experience you're walking in there and and realizing it's almost like the record like you know the record just skirts you know skirches i don't know what the word word is for that but the skirch happens and then you realize wait it's almost like like you're seeing something that no one else can see is the it was not it i just happened to be a my mouth kept on going people were thinking it they were suffering. So I'm an ambassador for the National Eating Disorders Association. And with all that information underneath my fingernails as a reporter, I was thinking, well, how could we be spending from, you know, a 10-year study with psychology today? They taught, they asked questions about what color you like to what light bulbs do you use in your home to, you know, you add, they're just asking what motivates you in many, many different areas. And it's a wonderful study. And when I started seeing the numbers, once again, being that curious person going, what's different here? What what are we seeing? I saw the diet-related industries making like gross amounts of money off of a 98% failure rate, 10 years of, in, a, in between each other. Like we're talking 50 million and then jumping up to 100 million and I'm, or 33 million jumping up to 50 then jumping up to 100. And I go, all based on a 98 percentage failure rate? Well, why are we doing that? I just kept on asking, well, if it's failing, why are we doing that? And then you just kind of, you can do this. Everybody can do this is just scratch a little bit beyond the surface. And before you point the finger out, you look, you know, you have a whole person here going, well, what am I doing about it? You know, and the answer is there too. You know, it's like the door. I mean, when I was, when I, so Moist Scott Life Coach trained and then I, I was basically the, the practice client for, for people who are in her course. And I remember my first coaching session where I was being coached because I was a practice client. And uh, I still remember my takeaway from it. 
And I thought, why am I only having this conversation now? You know, why aren't we having this? Why didn't I have this conversation when I was a teenager? Like, what if I had this conversation when I was a teenager? Right. I was, so I went to my classroom and I thought, what? This is going to change the world. Why is everyone not, uh, you know, why, why are we not shouting this from the rooftops? Like, why are we not getting every single high school student or every, you know, every person uh, a coach? And now I have a 13 year old who's now getting, you know, she's now that age talking about like body image. She's in, you know, she's taking a, a course that's just amazing. That talks about, you know, sexuality and, you know, body, like loving yourself as you are and all of this stuff. It's just amazing how far education has come in the past 20, 30 years with this. Where do you see another 20? If you were to fast forward this another, let's say another 10 or 20 years, what are the milestones that you see that this, like now that it's becoming known, like, okay, life coaching works, curiosity works, acceptance, all of this. What are the next milestones for us as a society? Well, that's a really great question. And we have how many minutes, but no. I know, I know. Let's get it like, woo! I know, hello. I love, I love yes. that you're passionate about your daughter being 13 years old. And um, I would love to send you guys my first book, The the True Beauty One. And I think you guys should read it first and then um, hand it right over to her because she's she's exposed and she knows but it's better. It's best if um, the parents always read, especially if they're 13, just to read it so that you guys can have great conversations. And if there's a link for the, the, the course, is it in class that she's taken this or is it an additional class? Because if any parent is listening to this, they're going, okay, what is that course that, that John's daughter is taking? Is there, is there something that you can give out or no? Is it just, yeah, I can do it. I'll talk to him always first and then we'll put the link out and is it in school? No. Okay. Okay. Because this issue with the relationship we have with our bodies going, let's say in, you know, a couple of decades from here, my wish is that we can see and understand the first most important intimate relationship that we have is with our own body. That's the most important relationship because this sucker, this beautiful thing, takes us from point A to point Z all over, breathes, pumps blood, no matter what we say to it, no matter how much we beat it up, no matter how much we say horrible things, it still unconditionally loves us. So what I would like to see, the milestones that I'd love to see is I'd love to see a better relationship that mothers can have with themselves that fathers can have with themselves. Because when the two major units within the family, if they are rocking and rolling with their bodies and they honor them and you see your mom going out for a walk almost every day or doing something where it physically makes her filled with joy, where you see the food going into all bodies is diversified and there's yumminess and there's organic, you know, people get into, the family unit gets into the fuel going into their bodies, highest level if you can. Water. Um, and then when movies come on in the family, that you don't sit back and you point your finger at body diversity, you know, that they're not a certain ideal or they're not a certain background, that there's just an enjoyment of the of the movie and and concepts and uh and topics are discussed instead of tearing others down. When we can heal 
that deep insecurity that we're brought up, automatically brought up with through the parents that we have, as well as the society that tries to, I think there's a control happening that if you try and make people feel that they're not perfect the way they are and all that beautiful diversity that we are, there's a there's an idea that, well, then we'll just dangle that carrot, just like those diet-related industry groups. And you know, if we can make them feel bad enough, we'll make more money. But I think we're really getting past that now. I think we understand that with the power of the, the money that we're spending, we're, we're stopping and saying, if it's 98%, if there's a 98% failure rate, and I always feel horrible on all those damn diets. Well, you know, who will, who isn't doing all that? And, you know, what possibly could they be doing? Just living their life and figuring out what makes them groove and feel good? Hmm. That seems really simple. It could be really hard. And there could be a lot of changes with putting myself first. But I think it's better than turning myself inside out. So if we could see our future generations especially the youth of today getting older into tomorrow, owning who they are gracefully, beautifully, goddess-like and, 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 and courageous men and women that, that hold each other's hand through their, their skin color, texture, sizes, heights, age, and all that. I think this world is going to rotate that much better because it, it all comes from within. I think it it just does. And I know I've been, I'm, I can't, this is what I'm here for. This <laughs> is just, it, know, it's know, so simple. Right. It's so simple. It feels, but it's so hard. It feels electric to do work and to know without a doubt that you were born to do this work. And that feeling is like a, I don't know. I don't even know. Like it's, 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 it's why I coach. It's what I do. It's why we do what we do. Right. Yeah. I could feel it through when you're talking about, like, yes, Emmy has it. This is. Yeah. It's, it's and weird. you do too. I, I listen to you when I walk, when I, when I don't have time to do a lot of the reading, I will listen to you and I go, love that you have this effervescence around the work that you do. Mm -hmm. I really love hearing that. And I, I, let me just go back to one of the reasons that attracted me to the work that you're doing and the courses. I have a dream to get into an RV with my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm about to say. And I want to go to all the, the um, you know, wonderful historic sites. But I, I really want to go to all the, the national parks. I'm a geek when it gets to camping and you can put me into high heels and, you know, put me into wherever. And I love doing that. But what grounds me the most is meeting people and connecting. When I'm on the road and working with different department stores, we have these big, huge fashion shows. There's nothing like connecting with the people. And I was like, maybe if I can try and connect with the people on this wellness concept and talking and communicating, having barnstorming and going across the country in an RV. And it's, I saw that you did that. You actually got in your RV and went and met your clients. Yes. That rocked. That's yeah. so rocked. I love we, that you did that. We lived in an RV for 15 months. Oh, dear uh, God. With, with, a, with a 10, what was it? She, now she's like 11, a 10, and a one-year-old. And a one-year-old. 
Like, what were we doing? Children, I didn't realize that you brought everybody. <laughs> we brought the whole thing. We had a dog, we had a cat. We had, we had the whole, well, what it was, because the moist side, we were talking about going, uh, uh, living in Spain for, for two years. We had right. a Spain thing. And then literally, we were a two-week trip, planned to do some reconnaissance. Yes. We found out we were pregnant with number three the night we were packing to go to Spain. Oh. So for two weeks, we just had this conversation. My wife and I were having this conversation while our little, our two girls were, you know, enjoying Spain, like visiting school, seeing if it was going to work or not. Yeah. We didn't want to have a child in Spain. So we came back here and said, let's do the RV trip instead. We got to see trainers we've never actually met in person, but have worked with them for years. It's an amazing experience. I'm so, so happy we did it. You learn about yourself as a family. But I'm so happy we're done. Like, it's... <laughs> Happy we did it. Happy we're done. You know what I mean? Like at the time, because like, it's just not healthy. It's just, it's a hard to stay healthy. Uh, I mean, talking about body and things like that. I mean, it just was a challenge because every time you move, okay, where's the next running route? Where can I find a pool to swim in? Where can, like, how can I exercise? Like it became a thing where I felt like, you know what? I'm now burning health, you know, by continuing to do this process. However, if you do it for like three months, oh my goodness, like it's, 15 months. Wow. Wow. I, we're going to do it. We've been looking at, um, jet, um, airstreams. Yep. Mm. We anyway, still have it. If you want to, I mean, we were trying, I'm trying to sell this thing. <laughs> oh, are you? Okay. So we'll have totally, to talk about it's, it's a 35 foot fifth wheel. It's a 12. It's like a, a six ton object that I drove with a truck. <laughs> I, I do not drive trucks. Until this I what was the best thing that came out of this journey for your business? I could only well, imagine how remote. it brought you Just, together with Moist. We were, we were moving so. towards we were moving towards more and more remote as you know this thing started, and so it made us one hundred percent remote. Uh, one and two. It and so when the pandemic hit, it just was well. We've been remote for years now. It's not a big deal at all. Right. Uh, and two, I think. I feel like I gained about 10 years life experience and about one year like yeah. living experience uh, that it's, I just learned that the, there are whole new worlds out there. Um, and what's interesting too, I mean, the health thing, I realized how systemized people are when they're in one spot, you have the ability to create all these systems around you that when you're moving and nomadic, you, your systems have to get that much tighter. Um, yeah. And surprisingly too, I think families that the houses they live in are too big. I have a story with that. My friend in the Bahamas was uh, building a beautiful, beautiful big house. Mm -hmm. And he had to take his family and put the family into a smaller home, um, a greatly smaller home while the other house was being built on top of their old house or something like that. So I was checking in, checking in. He's like, we're all excited. We cannot wait. This is so great. He moves his whole family into this very big house. And um, he goes, you're not going to believe this. Every single day, our kids were in our bedroom, like sleeping. They're big kids. <laughs> and he sold the big house and he went into a house that was much smaller, but not as small as the rental. And they were much happier because they wanted to be closer together. Yeah. To your point. Mm -hmm. it was, that was the biggest surprise was how easy it was to adjust to living in such a small space because it's just comforting you're making food and you hear your you know 10 and 8 year old like in the next little room and they shared a bunk like it it <laughs> was cool and we did it right before you know all the restrictions and things like that so we i feel like we hit it hit it well you know yeah uh, no joke in and out. i don't think i want to do it again i'm good like i'm good <laughs> it's 
okay. It's all right. Well, that's great. I, I really, I loved seeing you on the road on a picnic table. I think there was an image that will, that, that will, I won't forget that you were on a picnic table and the, and the, the van was behind you. Um, that was the very something first like that, one. you know? Yeah. Was, was it my very first class? Yeah. I, we, we, I, there's a whole story. I mean, this is like a whole, there's a whole thing here, but you may not even going back to the body image thing, the health thing in the RV, it was hard. It was a struggle. And I'm someone, I mean, so a moist ran track in college, I wrestled. Uh, and so oh, well, we talk about wrestling. I started yeah. wrestling when I was like in this, I in Southwestern Pennsylvania. So I started cutting weight at yeah. the age of 13. That's yeah. when I cut weight, like seventh grade, eighth grade, I was hundred pounds. I cut down to 95 for tournaments. I was a stick, like, you know, it looked like a little, uh, 5'11". Yeah. So I'm 5'11", 180 right now. Yeah. But I like, you know, I swim three miles a week. I mountain bike three or four that's times. That's the other thing. That's the other thing. I'm a big swimmer also. And it's lovely. Yeah. Oh, it's that, right? <laughs> like it's the secret. Because you get so good workout. So your, your breathing is amazing. Like, <gasps> you know? Yeah. Do you, so, do you swim with the earphones in your ears? No. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do that with like Zen stuff and not all the time, but, and are you swimming now? No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're able yeah. to swim three times a week. Yeah. Hit the pool. Your pool's open. Yeah. Yeah. Pool, yeah. 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 But I mean, so wait, I mean, when I was in college, I used to know my weight to like, a sure. Pound. You know what I mean? Did you see some guys struggling with, so this is a, this is not a, this is not a newsflash for anyone mm -hmm. that's in wrestling or in sports or on a professional or even division one or whatever collegiate level. Um, men and women really do struggle uh, as athletes. And here we hold them so high as our heroes. And there's a lot of Olympic athletes that struggle with uh, making weight. Mm -hmm. um, uh, did you see, did you, did you go, you must've gone through being 5'11". My goodness, that was that a very, very difficult journey for you? Totally. I mean, I weighed 205 was my natural weight. 205, I would cut down to 174. Mm. That's insane. I have pictures of myself, mm. it looks so unhealthy. So I mean, when I was reading your bio and going into it, I was like, I mean, I mean you, what you're doing, the work that you're up to and doing, it's mm. it's women most, I mean, it, I mean, having daughters, I mean, the moist, like, you know, she, we have grown her up in like, you know, with a 13 and 10 year old in this little life coaching bubble. Uh, and it's powerful. Like what, like her, like, oh, I'm so proud of her. Like our daughters are just powerhouses and okay. you're looking at them and you're, you're realizing yeah, like, what they're up to is like me, like what we're up to. But for my own journey, like it was a big deal to, to get over, uh, like, I don't know how I'm always put it. She said it was like, I had this obsession with food Yeah, and you know, that kind of thing. Um, and it's a very real problem. Uh, you know, that ties into control and all of that. How do you, because I feel like your work, I mean, you're talking about food, body, I mean, you're talking about the most sensitive stuff ever. Yeah. Yeah. How do you handle that? Or how do you take, like, how do you self-care and hold a container for all the other people who mm -hmm. you're impacting in this way? So I, I try to just be a little bit rebellious at any chance I get. Um, when there's a, a platform put in front of me to go, so how do you feel? Um, and I try to base it with reason. I try to base it with research. And this one example, back in 1997, um, I was being interviewed by the New York Times, Alex Witchell. And it was a, a really uh, revered interview where we were going out to lunch 
And I just had to take a really deep breath. And I was like, I've got to be my most genuine self and throw all fear into the wind. And I talked, she, we were having a lovely meal and, and um, I offered her cream at the end. And she was like, I can't believe you're offering me cream. I go, wait, we have dessert. <laughs> and I said, this is, I'm not doing this on purpose. Like, oh, the plus size model. And I said, you got to get rid of that. We're models. Obviously I'm not size zero. I, you know, I don't, I think the categorization is terrible. She's like, yeah. And I go, we're going to have homemade cookies because I know this restaurant. I told them my favorite. And she goes, you actually did that? I said, girl, you're not living unless you have a cookie. And I love cookies. And I once I allowed myself to have cookies, not every day and maybe not every week, but when I have a Jones in for a cookie, oh, there's nothing better than having the cookie that you want. And I go, a cookie is just a cookie. Get over it. And that ended up as the quote of the of the day in the New York Times. I got to tell you, that rocked. I was so, <laughs> I was like, yes. So, you know, I, I honor the work of Evelyn Triboli. She's, you know, the, the woman that had the, the therapist and the and multiple, multiple uh, uh, accolades and awards and distinction to Evelyn Triboli. Intuitive eating uh, opened up the eyes to so many other people saying, you know, I'm, I'm on this really horrible hamster wheel. And, I, and she goes, well, you all foods are fine. You just have to learn what's if you have any food allergies, if you if you're eating way too much sugar, understand what that's doing to you. But if you're going to keep on telling yourself not to have a certain food, you're going to want it all the time. I mean, it's just real basic stuff. So when I love I, I'm, I geek out over, you know, beet greens that are this big can't even fit in this you know i i get so crazy over them especially if they're organic but the farmer in my town is just like will you please leave me alone <laughs> i mean when he gives me eggs that are fed the food from the farm and i mean they're like blessed objects because you know they're going into your body and they're just going to be like woohoo I'm totally having fun in here. I mean, people might think that that's crazy, but when you, re I had cancer back in 2007. Yesterday, I just talked to my oncologist and he said, you are no longer in remission. You are healed from this. And I said, yes, this is so great. Wow. So, you know, you do certain things that when you know your body, um, gets excited about the best dark chocolate you could find. Not eating crap, Reese's Pieces, dear God in heaven, during Halloween, I will have them. But I try to go for the, uh, you know, it's just all these wonderful choices and not denying yourself and giving yourself the gift of, even if you're so busy during the day to get up, even when it's raining, you know, it's, it sounds like it's horrible, but it's the best. Like I did this morning, it's raining on the East Coast. You get a lot of rain over in Portland, but um, it's raining here. And I tell, I've been training my girlfriends, we're going to get up and you're going to meet me at 630 and we're going to wear 
gear, um, if you need merino wool, whatever. I'm begging them to get snowshoes for when the snow comes. So having that joy mm -hmm. that we're on this earth, it's so short. Like you're gonna hate a season? <sighs> Please don't, right. just figure it out, do oh, something. Uh, I mean, come on. I'd love to take you on a mountain biking trail and get, oh, get muddy. I, I want to come. That was the other thing that I really wanted right. to. I love that you do that. I love doing mountain by uh, the the spring release with all the the mud, yeah, and yeah. you wear your gear and stuff. I did oh, that yeah. with six agents once, and I wanted to show them that I wasn't just a supermodel. I wanted them to understand me. Right. <laughs> At the end of the day, we're having beer and we're all dirty and everything, and and they were just like, what? is this who are you what's going on but i would love please john keep that invite alive because i would love love to join you on your one of your favorite things that i know that you enjoy a lot well, buddy, do you do that every day like uh no i mean that's that's a <laughs> i have a, we have a four and a one-year-old <laughs> so oh, 13 10 are you four, getting one. sleep by the way yeah right right so <laughs> <laughs> If I can ride twice a week with a one-year-old, oh my goodness, it's going to be delicious. I mean, I catch air. I catch air like multiple times, I mean, multiple times a week. Well, I mean, we ride, maybe we catch air like 20, 30 times, uh, like, you know, a, a you know, a session. I mean, there's, there's, so I have this theory of between, I feel like our modern society, people don't push themselves physically. Like there's not a, um, like on a daily basis, like there's like, you don't, unless you work out or exercise on, on a regular basis, you realize, okay, I push myself as physically, I, I reach a physical barrier uh, of exercise and that ground, I mean, it creates grounding. I feel like it's a secret sauce. It is. How is the secret sauce in your life or how do you use the secret sauce? How do you, yeah, as a tool, I guess is the question. A tool, that's a great way of looking at it. Um, it chills my butt out. It chills me out. I have a lot of ideas. And I sometimes get a little frustrated that I don't have, a, you know, multiple, you know, yeah. I, it, when I work out. <laughs> I feel like a whole world just went by in that second. There it is. When I work out, I actually can sit and, and focus and get a lot done. Um, when I don't, and meditation also is like, you've got to hook me up to that thing in the morning. And um where I can just receive. I do a lot of prayer, but I, I do need just to download and to um, get that separation. And I've learned, I mean, I, I think that my cancer was the teacher to shut up and meditate, sit your butt down and just, just get to the present moment. And um, I do have to say that I'm very, very grateful that I was able to not miss the present moment anymore. And it takes, you know, uh, uh, it, and I feel that going into coaching and talking to senior level executives and professional athletes and all that, and CEOs, of the household, anybody that is like, okay, I'm not enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not getting enough. I'm like, let's all just take a deep breath. There's, there's a lot going on that, you know, it will make you feel so much better if you just take it a little slower and realize that you're doing incredible amounts and there's so much that you can do, but you don't want to at all of it. I think that there's a, a saying that when people pass right before they pass, 
They either say, man, I just wish I had slowed down. And for women, I wish that I had many of those desserts. <laughs> I'm only talking, but, um, you know, it's, it's not, not to waste our time. It doesn't mean that you have to shove so much into it. It's to cherish the time that we have. Mm -hmm. yeah. I imagine you go on stage with all of your accolades and having defeated, you know, healed from cancer. Uh, have you met Oprah or have you, or are you just on her list of like people? What was it like meeting Oprah? I want to know. Yeah. Uh, she's just a divine soul. She really, really has done such an incredible uh, job motivating millions and millions of people just to read um, and also to put out goals and to go for them. And, and I, I think as she, I was on her show six times and been very, very blessed, blessed. Um, you know, she's, she's very, very special person. She is a gift to all of us. And uh, I think that with her journey, she was letting us in and we were very lucky, I think, uh, to join that journey. And she Amazing. continues to rock. I mean, she, and the friendship between she and Gail, that's very precious and, and good. And, and it, I think it really uh, spills over to how we can see ourselves as friends and with our friendships and yeah. Yeah, to me, it she is the pinnacle, you know, the like the oracle yeah. in some ways of, uh, and now, I mean, it's just the way I feel like culture and society, we're, I feel like we're taking some pretty huge steps forward uh, in like just in time too, especially when you look at these younger generations, like what my 13 and 10 year olds, what they're talking about and, you know, all the things they're bringing to the table. Like, it's amazing to see like all of the, the hope and good that's coming along with a lot of the challenges that the social media and, and media in general is just putting in people's faces. Uh, I feel like the, the awareness of that is, is you know, we're, we're starting to catch up to, I think, the forces that we've unleashed, you know, in terms of media. I think so. We just didn't know. I think we, mm -hmm. well, maybe a few that were the, the ones that had created a lot of the social media. Um, did you watch Social Dilemma yet? We have. Okay. We have. So have you and, curtailed any of the, the the viewing yourselves or with the kids? How's that going? <clears throat> you know, I never got into social media myself. Um, okay. I just, uh, you know, and Zuckerberg is, and I, I think we're all, like, almost exactly the same age uh, in terms of, you know, I was a Brown when he was at Harvard. I think I'm just like a oh. couple years older. And, you know, Facebook came when we were, when we were there. Sure. And, I remember it being a thing. I think I was a sophomore when we we got the invite and then it was like, okay, like, you know. Like this person. I remember when the like this person versus that person and I with all the body image, I go, they're doing that with women? I did not like that at all. I did not know that that was that. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, really it's, it's, pure, it's pure poison. Yeah, it's, it's emotional, mental poison. Uh, and so, but it's, I feel fortunate that I never got into it. I just didn't sit with me and i mean as a company even coach training edu we've been trying to do social trying to get there get there get there i mean we have you know feed going right now but part of it is wondering as a company do we is it responsible to have a social feed or do we just say you know what we're just going to put all of this on the blog and not really necessarily even have a social you know 
I have, would you mind if I have a, an idea or a concept to share with you? Please, this is lovely. <laughs> this is lovely. I mean, this is, this is what we're here for, right? I think- Oh, it's on mute. The sound went out. Ah! Oh, there it goes, it's back, it's back. Okay, so with they, your permission- They must be listening. Someone's like, all right, you're, nope, mute that. <laughs> <laughs> with your permission, I would like please. to offer a comment. Please, please. Having a presence on social media, especially with your culture's uh, tenants and with your mission and all that you're doing, it would be a disservice if you didn't have a presence on social media. So continue sharing the joy, the, the progress, the breakthroughs, the wonderful interviews that you're doing, because that's actually helping. Um, and, and, you know, you, you don't have to do it yourself. You have other people doing it with you and you're, do, you're, you're doing a lot of the content that you feel good about. As long as we all can keep doing good work and put it out into the internet and then be able to be our own media watchdogs and disengage from the places that try to tear down and to try and pit one against the other and to you know spread rumors or uh, rumors, we'll just keep it that way. Right. Um, and then you just, all you have to do is just divert your attention. Don't give the attention where, where it doesn't build up and you're all good. You know, that's, it's, right. that's it. It's interesting raising you know, girls in this society, I mean, in this society too, where they're, you know, they're getting into TikTok or they're talking, you know, it's Be part careful, of the thing please. that's happening. Right. Okay. Um, but when they, uh, our girls are seeing, and Moise and I operate from an idea of how can we use social media as a tool? Right. And that's a very different kind of discussion from how do I use social media as entertainment and Correct. As distraction or as like a digital pacifier which I mean, and I, I work, most of my work is with teenagers and I like a lot of the things you're saying, I mean, about body image, around uh, self-esteem, around um, even how they, where they, where they put their attention, things like this. These are the fundamental, I mean, I feel like this is the fundamental education that we're simply not giving young people that I desperately want to give young people because it matters. And the research is so plain, like when people get involved in you know, these different practices, what happens to them, both positive and negative. The main reason, the main reason I wanted to uh, join you at Coach Training Edu is I like your mission. Can you share that with everybody? <laughs> it's a, it, I mean, for me, it's it's to change education. It's to infuse education with life coaching concepts. And so, where are you at with that? What what steps are you are not only having this incredible platform, but are you talking to, or have plans to talk to other people in the future? Right, right. So the idea is to, I mean, we're, we're looking at co-branding with a few universities and to try to get life coach training, academic life coach training to be one of the mandated courses that, that teachers have to take in order to, to earn their teacher credential. It's, so we're looking for a couple states to, to include this and say, look, you have to also be trained in this way, but it's happening naturally in a lot of ways because it's, it's very similar to the fundamentals are just correct. 
Do you have the data? Do you have a group doing data um, intake on the effects of coach training on on individuals and younger people and all that? Do they have because that that could be cool to align with a university that is seeped in research. We're getting there. I feel like, you know, uh, it's, we're, we're, we're there. It's, it's remarkable what, what, what we run into in, in this, what it's remarkable to me is the resistance. The resistance comes a lot of times from teachers mm-hmm. and from parents and some from students, but there's a resistance to new, which I'm sure you've met resistance in your world. Change. Don't be- Right? People jump up and down when change comes a knocking. Right, right. So I go to a school. I go. Let's say I go to school, and I'm talking. I'm giving a presentation to teachers. Say, hey, this this training is available to all the teachers in the school. A third go yay. A third are like really, and then a third are actively no. That's more work. I don't want to do it. Are you going to replace me? I'm a teacher. I'm not a coach. Like fear. Yeah. What mind blowing, and it's consistent. It's yeah, really it consistent. Hmm. It's interesting. I, I think you're really onto something. I, I really, really going through the, the 1.0, going into 2.0 and the business, the, all the different accoutrement classes. It, it, I just love the fact because knowing that all the systems that we have in our lifetime right now, even down to gender, all the systems have been opened up, cracked open. So a lot of light could be shown on them and they're all being reviewed, whether it's the financial system, the educational system, the, uh, I mean, come on, you, we could name every single political system, everything. So why couldn't the educational system finally catch up to speed to, and I think that being in the pandemic and getting on Zoom and doing all this this kind of learning, um, it has been really hard, right? I'm you see this. It's been really hard on the teachers. Talk about quantum learning. They've learned a lot in the last six months. But okay, there's momentum. How how who do we need to talk to in the, the Department of Education rolling forward? Right. <laughs> That's it. I mean, and I, what I think is going to happen is there's going to be a country that does it. Is it Canada? Is it India? Is it a big, a country is going to say, you know, we want to do this on a large scale. And then you're going to get real big numbers simply because it works. It's not a matter of if I, look, I view it as a matter of when, when and, and how when. And, and what it's going to be. So we got to wrap this, we got to wrap this conversation up. So I have two more questions that I ask everybody. And one is your favorite life coaching tool and your advice to someone just starting out the life coaching journey, life coach training journey. Okay. So my favorite tool, and I, I'm not good at it. I'm working on it. I'm really, really, really working on it is holding the space without any words when, after you've asked the question. I have a deep desire to do that right now. Let's just take it. Let's just take a minute and do that right now. What are you noticing? I'm noticing that there's a nice vibing going on, even with Zoom. It mm-hmm. even it's really cool that Zoom does. It is a great tool in the coaching. And I took a page from your book where I'm looking. I'm going like this now. I don't look exactly at people. 
I just, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> because you really do when you, when you do focus on somebody face to face, it's uh, especially when they're trying them, they're digging and they're, they're really revealing, becoming vulnerable. Um, it's nice to give them a little bit of space where you're not looking directly at them. Okay. The other set, the other question that you asked me was what advice would I give to someone younger? Right. Was it younger? Or, or someone just starting, like someone who's just, just starting enrolled in a coach training program, whether they're, you know, 20 or 80. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. Um, I would definitely say that um, whether you're starting a coaching business or you're just curious about what a coach does, uh, go through the whole course. Don't drop off, stick with it, read your, your, your information and participate in class because it's going to help you personally. If that's the only thing you get out of this this course, it'll help you personally. Um, and as an interviewer, I know that it's going to help me when I start my Magnificent You podcast. I cannot wait to get get an opportunity to talk to some really great folks um, and hear their magnificence come out with the questions and being quiet and allowing that effervescence, the crinkling, the, the that energy to come through. So, all right. Then we, that at least the last thing, what are you up to and how can we support you? Like, what are the, what are the fun things you have going on and how can we like, we're going to put us on the blog and have links and, you know, so great. Put this out. Thank yes. you, John. I just want to thank you. I want to thank you and Moise for, and all the teachers. Um, you have some really, really great teach. All of them that I've bumped into, even given me shocks of fear because <laughs> they're so good and they love what they do. So um, I want to say thank you for that. Um, uh, from the tip of the nose to the toes of your organization, quick to jump in. So hats off to you for doing such a good job. Um, what I'm going to be, what I'm working on is, uh, I'm looking to get into all different sorts of coaching front face, any, any woman that has body image and self-esteem issues or are in, that's in the, the teaching field on individuals. That's, that's a real normal and natural. Now my athletic side, uh, working with professional athletes from active to inactive duty, as well as, um, people who are using their bodies as advocacy tools uh, to be able to help coach them through what might be going on in their world um, that I'm very, very interested in and have lots of experience, not being the professional athlete, but the celebrity and the, the, uh, the mouthpiece for um, a movement very, very early on and continue to be in that. Uh, I have a podcast called Magnificent You, uh, we are just now getting that up and running and Emmy wellness is where people can find me. And, um, I'm very, very into, uh, clean products. So I have a little store and everything I've tested everything. Um, and some really good place that, uh, if you're looking for clean products that have no toxins in them, and that's basically what I'm up to. I mean, I know where's it going to be. I feel like this is just the start of many conversations we're going to have throughout i hope so john i the, really do the decades here uh and i have this uh you might have, have me knocking on your door in my rv going i did it i did yeah, what's it up? <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have an rv spot you can come out hanging, hanging out in hood river oregon we'll hit the mountain bike trails you know like 
show you my favorite spots. And I'll bring my Gary Fisher with double suspension. There you go. What's up? Yeah. What's up? What are you riding? Twenty? You ride a twenty nine er? Do you have a? Probably. No, it's a little old. Right, In fact, I have to replace the seat. But I, I love that bike so so much. I love my bike. You know, it's sometimes I have this feeling when I'm on a trail. I was, I was riding once, and I just just fell in love with the trail. And it's hard to describe. It feels like you can't tell where you start. The bike starts and the world, the dirt starts. And you just feel like you're all just in it. The dirt, the, the trail wants you to ride it. Like the, the feeling, you know? Uh, and I get that feeling when, when you're talking about like life, like you're talking about life, like there's a, a natural, generous appetite you have. Mm. in grabbing all that life offers and just loving it that I feel like gives permission for people to do the same that comes through and what you're talking about. I mean, that's, that's, that's a gift. Thank you, John. That is a gift. And I it just feel it. It's like, it feels electric. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, I mean, part of it is just, this is why I love coaching because you, like when you're listening to someone, it's like you're, you, the empathetic muscle just naturally goes over there and you feel the other person's energy. And how can you not, yeah. you know, how can you not like be in this way of being that just feels generous? You know, it's a, just a generous, energetic thing, thing to be. So thank you for that. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Really, my pleasure. Uh, I do have two. Last thing. Uh, I, <laughs> I want to do a sketch. I want to do a comedy sketch with you where we talk about life coach fashion. So when we get there, when we get to life coach fashion, and yes. what, you know, Zoom fashion, all of it. Yeah. Send me a note. You want to, you want to do um, life coaching fashion? Oh, yeah. Oh, I okay. want to do a sketch with I, you. I, I actually, okay. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, I, I, I've been thinking about that, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know a couple of men, no, really, they, it's okay, let's talk. We got it, we got it. I mean, it's a pleasure. We're gonna throw stuff on the blog. Thanks, uh, for those of you listening, I haven't even looked at the, the uh, thank you. But, oh wait, this has been a Coaching to Flourish podcast. <laughs> I forgot to do the thing. Coaching to Flourish podcast, woohoo! And uh, <laughs> here we are doing our thing. Uh, Oh, can people can find me on if people can find me on um, Instagram, uh, Emmy Wellness, and then Wellness Emmy on Facebook. And if you want to check out the supermodel thing, supermodel E M M E on Instagram. This has Emmy been a Coach's Wellness. First podcast. Thanks, Emmy, for the professional, <laughs> the professional tale. Uh, we'll see you next week, everyone. Thanks for watching.